Hello, and welcome to Exploring Axon, a podcast where we discuss Axon Framework, Axon Server, and their ecosystem. I am your host and a software developer at Axonic, Sarah Tori. In this episode, I spoke with Andy Whitaker, a software developer who has been working with several teams in the past years to move from monolith systems into microservices. He shared with me some of his success stories, but also many of the challenges that he's faced in the past projects. I hope you enjoy this episode and let's have a listen. Hi, Andy. How are you today? Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Sarah. I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. And I'm so excited to talk about some of the topics that have interested me since the moment I, uh, you and I talked uh, last year. So, so a lot of questions that I'd love to um, chat with you. So I appreciate you giving me the time to, to go over those today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to be here. This is awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Very good. So if you don't mind, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, where you're located at. Sure. Um, my name is Andy Whitaker. Um, I, uh, I've been a software developer for over 20 years. I work right now in, out of Indianapolis, Indiana, where I live. Um, I, my background is I started off in electrical engineering. I, I went, went to school for that. And in my senior year, I took a couple of computer software design classes and realized I should have been a computer science major. <laughs> and then, okay. uh, and then uh, but I, I went ahead and graduated and I went out went out to Nevada and I started building uh, radios for rockets and nice. wasn't really, it was, it was interesting, but wasn't as enjoyable as I wanted it to be. And I eventually um, got a job as a, uh, as a quality test engineer for a slot machine company being in Nevada. And I started learning, writing, like uh, building like test equipment that use software and hardware to test, test okay. things. And I started getting really into the software stuff and enjoyed it. And then my wife was working, was going to school for a master's at the local university. And she comes home one day and says, hey, um, I got you a job. You're going to teach, teach my <laughs> professor Java programming. He's going to pay you. I go, what? Okay. I, I don't know. And she says, you know how to write code. I said, but I, I mean, I know how to write C++ code. But anyway, um, I met with Surprise. <laughs> I met with him and he offered me a job to, to, he needed, Java was coming up as like Java 2 and he wanted someone to teach him Java programming so he could teach his students to use it for uh, image processing. And, and so I spent, you know, my nights learning how to write, you know, codecs and stuff or images and things in Java and learning Java. And I helped him get going. And then he told me, Hey, you should teach a class at community college. And I said, okay. Oh, okay, why not? And so I signed up to do that to teach Java at community college. Right. And I had, a, um, I had a kind of a family emergency and I couldn't do it. I had to cancel. Oh. And, and mm-hmm. so, so I just went back to working on the slot machine stuff. And then about six months later, I had a call from Intuit. Um, they moved to town and they were looking for Java develop. They were, they were looking for someone to teach Java development to their software developers. And they got my name from the community college and, I taught, so I thought, okay, and they paid me to teach teach them Java <laughs> right. stuff, and that was the most humbling experience because I was with a lot of hardcore software developers, and they grilled. Wow, okay. Me. I mean, they just <laughs> roasted me on stuff. So and that was a good learning opportunity for you it too. Was, it was. In the end, it worked right. out because they hired me. They offered me a job at the end of my teaching. Oh, that's period. great. They hired me as a mm-hmm. junior Java developer, and I jumped on yeah. it. 
and and it was great because I worked with a lot of really smart people, and we were all you know they were moving to this new technology. I was helping them, and we you know we worked together really well, and I learned a lot. And and so I worked there for a few years, and then we decided to move back to Indiana because our family was growing, and moved back. And I started contracting, and through contacts I had made, I ended up uh, getting a, a contract position at Boeing in Seattle. Wow! And and I started working there remote, and then I was on Pacific mm-hmm. time. And then another friend I had made was working at the state of Indiana on a project, okay. and he said, "Hey, what are you doing in your mornings?" I said, "Sleeping." And and uh, and he said, "Well, if you want, you're on you're on Pacific time. So why don't you come in and work in the mornings and fix bugs? We have a lot of bugs in our software. Why don't okay. you come in here and fix things?" Uh huh. So I started doing. I started working mornings for the state of Indiana, and then work eleven to eight for Boeing, and then I worked in any evening hours I could get for the state. And I did that for like eight years, um, working. Oh wow! Two jobs like that, and, and then uh, you of course parented too. Parent, and- <laughs> I'm a very things. supportive wife, yeah. and and. and and, wow, uh, that's amazing! And so, and so, eventually, I left Boeing and um, I moved on to a different state agency, the FSA, where I started working on the microservices stuff. I left FSA at the end of uh, October, and the department uh, at DWD where I started, they they asked me if um, I was if I wanted to come back, and I did, and I've been there now, and they wanted me to. They saw they saw my axe on. My my podcast, right. my, my video uh, from our from our oh, uh, yeah, but the conference yeah from the conference and and yeah, yeah. Um, they uh the they they want to know if I would come back and help do that there and so that's what I'm doing now I'm leading a new team and we're we're getting going and we just had our we've released our first microservices uh, two weeks ago um they they aren't event driven yet and stuff like that it was it was um but we're we're on the path. And we're getting there. Small steps. So, yeah. So, Small steps. Yeah. So um, you, so you've been in the field, obviously, for a long time. And uh, you mentioned at some point microservices. So what got you interested? Was it something that you came across it, on your own? Or did somebody sort of it, it was because introduce you to that? It was um, uh, mostly um, when I read a lot about what's going on. But mostly it's because of a bunch of failures we were having. It was okay. um, we, we in 27, when I worked at the FSA at first, we were building monoliths and, and supporting latency stuff. And we had a big monolithic project we had built. And and we had tried doing a more of a distributed architecture with it. We had separated out the UI from the back end stuff. And it, it wasn't a failure. I just want to say that. It was just harder than it had to be. And, and we were late by a month. We had we had like a thousand defects in that last month. And it was because every time we touched something, we'd break something. And the code was hard to understand. And so when it was over with we, 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 it was success for the business and they gave us a new project. They said, Hey, modernize this other web portal we have. And we said, we don't want to do the same thing we just did. We were tired of it. And, um, uh, my colleague, Joe Corey and I, he was a system architect. We looked, we started reading the domain driven design book by Eric Evans again. And we started really looking at different ways of doing stuff. And we, we, uh, we decided that we were going to try something different. And so I started doing proof of concepts on domain-driven design. I started doing some small proof of concepts. And then I started reading about CQRS and event sourcing. And I thought, oh, that that's really interesting. And, and maybe we should do something like that. Because and, and I did some more proof of concepts. And the team kind of liked it. They, they, the ideas coming out were made things easier to understand. 
And then we said, well, we, then we, well, we can't just build our home brew event sourcing engine. That's really crazy. So, so we started looking around and, and we found Axon that way. We started looking for a solution that gave us microservices, Axon, Axon framework. And, and so, so we found, we found those solutions we started doing some proof of concepts and that's, that's how we got into microservices. Right. And Axon for that matter. So, so, and time-wise, when, when was this about, was it just a few years ago or was it? Yeah, it was July of 2017 um, was where we started. That's where we had the big retrospective and it was through August through September. We started doing proof of concepts. We were doing proof of concept. Yeah. So the timing is pretty cool because I, I think that's right about the time that Axon actually became a company. Yeah. And they they created the, the company and they started with the server. Um, but after that, so that's really neat. Um, so going back a little bit, just slowing down in the process that you just explained, um, I, I want to ask you some 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 key things that I thought were, were interesting. So um, you, of course, as a software engineer and Joey is an architect and um you you both been working for a while together, yeah. um, leading these um, different projects and so forth. And so you were, I'm assuming, deep into this system, into this mon- monolith, and yeah. uh, and and as code aspect of it per se. So when you realize that okay, we want to modernize this, we want to try something different because this is not working out for us. So let's look at microservices. Did you have to go back and uh, change things through the uh, sort of architectural overview of this whole system, but or did you automatically go and change the code immediately? We, we, <laughs> How was we, the process? We, um, we we looked at different patterns. We talked about using like the like the Strangler pattern. We thought, well, let's build up little microservices and take out features. But but we were like, okay, what's the bounded context? What are the things we sort of trying to think about major design? What are the where are aggregates at and stuff? And it was such a it was such a mess. Um, it was like, yeah, I can imagine. It was like we we couldn't even we, we we were really hard trying to get our, our head around it, and and so we we just basically said let's just rewrite it. We're just gonna we're just gonna we're just we're not gonna try to to slowly evolve this one. We're just going to do a rewrite, and and that. So with that particular system, did you like start it over yeah. in microservices? Yes, we okay. just started over, right. and and we started from scratch. We we went. And we went because um, we, we wanted to use Axon. We wanted to use event-driven stuff. So, so we, it was on me to figure out how to best to do that. And I was reading and I said, let's try event storming. And Yeah, I, I was going to say, walk me through the process. Yeah, what did so, you do? So, yeah. so we had a requirement. Well, the good thing is we knew the system. We knew the requirements. We knew what we had to build, which was an awesome thing. We just had to rethink how we did it. And, and so we... We started. I was Mr. Post-it note because I, I, I basically I I got a bunch of different color sticky notes and I went in and we covered the wall with with sticky notes and color coordinated them and just we did event flows and 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 trying to figure out how we try to capture names and try to focus on vocabulary and we try to do things that way and it was hard because none of us had ever done it before and and. And and that's that was um, one of the things that we liked about the Axon framework we had was because we were struggling with how do you build a DDD system, how do you organize this stuff, and then we needed a roadmap or something that said hey, here's a, here's an example of how to do it, you know, and so we were able to we use we use our proof of concepts from the Axon stuff and help us figure out okay this is how you're supposed to structure it, and then then we had we started doing the event storming and then. 
And then we, we took the event storms and then we worked backwards to commands and then we figured out, okay, what are the aggregates that make this stuff up? And we got it wrong. I mean, our first services, we could probably could have done a lot better, but every time we did it, it was, we learned. But so, so, so our in process was basically you take the requirements and we did event storming, work back to commands and aggregates and value objects. And then we figured out, then we figured out where they lived in the ecosystem. So, so when you modeled this new system, did you use a, a specific modeling process or uh, was event storming basically what you it, went from? It was event storming is what we went from. That was the that was our big modeling process. We we had tried different things um, working with the state. They, they they buy tools and stuff. We use these different tools to use, and and we just stuck with paper on the on the on the wall, and we take pictures <laughs> okay. of it. And then we just go and we put it into a diagram, you know, and, and we just threw them in the diagrams. And and the good thing was what, what we found out later on is because we worked as a team. We had everybody in there doing it together. And we 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 could take it off the wall. We could throw away. And I could ask one of the developers to come in and they could draw it. They could draw the flow. And it was like amazing that, that we, we were able to. You know, the, the word from the DDDs that shared understanding is that it started happening. We were able to, individual people understood how it was supposed to work. And and then, when, and then, then I didn't need to lead those meetings anymore. We had other people on the dev team. They could say, oh, we got to work on this feature. I'm going to do the event storming. And they would go and do it. And they would run the event storming and figure it out and then bring it back to the team and review it and stuff. And we talk about it. And, and we started building that up but but we but we didn't have any real big defined process it was just the event storming and doing some doing some uh design i mean to putting things into like a trial and error right yeah (laughs) then we just wouldn't build it so with the event storming that you uh did with obviously your team uh did you involve other um parts of the business as well like um was it just the developers that were kind of working on this event storming, or did you bring in from the business side as well? We we brought in um, um, the business side at, at first. We didn't because uh, we knew the requirements well enough. But, but about one of our success stories was about halfway through 2018. Um, well, not halfway through, about three three months into 2018, we were given another project from another agency called Achieve, and um, it was totally unknown. Requirements were still being worked out. And we started, and so we worked really close with the business to to figure out the requirements. And we used the event storming process to find the requirements. We helped, you know, they said, this is what we need to get done. This is this is what's in the, because the way the state works, this is the law. Make something that meets the law. And it's like, oh. That works for the law, yeah. <laughs> so, so, and, and of course, and, you can't change the law. I mean, if you want to, it takes 20 years. <laughs> Good luck with that. It's hard to change those requirements, and uh, and so we we'd work with them, and we the event storming Mm -hmm. helped flush out. It one helped us get on the same language with the business, and we were able to convince them that we were going to build stuff that that they could look at the code and at least understand. We could talk about it together, and that was a win. And 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 we, I mean, we spent a month with just doing the event storming for achieve and coming up, throwing it away and starting again, because we, we come into these different Roblox, not Roblox, but we, things would pop up and then, Oh, we didn't think about this. And you have to start thinking about it. And um, eventually it solidified enough that we were able to separate things into phases. 
because we knew we were not gonna, we had to be live at the end of the year and there was no way we could get it done. But we were able to work with the business and say, hey, we can build these services, this functionality by the end of the year, and then we can phase in the rest of it in the in the next year. And we got to go ahead with that. But but the, the thing was, we were able to do that. We had the business working with us and we got their right. buy-in through the event store. Which is amazing. Yeah. So when you were event storming, and as you mentioned, uh, some of the requirements would change or maybe the business side would realize, hey, this is not the way we want to do it. Let's change it so that it uh, uh, meets our requirements a little bit uh, better. Are, were you in the process of also coding as you were going through this? Or oh, yeah. did you just um, give a block of time or several months say, okay, let's figure out one, what are the real requirements are before we start getting into we, we, we had code? A, we had a pretty good understanding by the by the start of June, what we were trying to build. and But it changed it changed a lot because we did frequent demos and we did, uh, we did a lot of... Um, um, we, we worked real close with our testers. They were also in those meetings. And so it helped them get ahead of testing. And so we we were able, but things changed. And so we were able, we would just pivot. And uh, fortunately, we weren't live yet. So it was easy to change, make make real low level changes. It was okay. Um, um, we, we, we were able to, um, um, yeah, we, we were just able to roll with it. We, we, we did like a sprint scrum thing, but turned more in like a Kanban approach where it was basically, we're working on this today. Oh, this is now the new priority. Work on that tomorrow. And, and we would just, uh, and as we were going, we were, we were, as we were going, our operations team was building out our CICD pipelines. We, we didn't have anything like that before. And so it was getting to the point where we were deploying constantly into our test environments. And, and that gave us a lot of feedback right away. So, so, so we were able to make changes quickly. We were, we would go back and change the event flows if we had to, but over, over time, it, it calmed down a lot. It, it didn't change much once we got going. Which is a good thing because it's always nice to have uh, some time to work a little bit more calmly. Now, during that time that you were experimenting and uh, changing several different things, was there ever a time where you had to go back and uh, change something monumentally within the design of your system that that needed to be changed? The business required it. We had issues where not not monumental changes. I don't think we had issues where we realized that we had um, uh, things in the wrong bound of context, or we had things. We we, we started off putting more than one aggregate in a microservice. And we talk about that, and, and it and it realized that it didn't need to live there. And then we had issues where it made more sense that we should pull that out. And and so we had changes like that where we started pulling things apart. Um, we had we we did have one monumental change with it when it was not really a monumental change for the business. It was more from a technical side. I think we started we weren't using the event tracking processors. Because we were we were doing proof of con- we were trying just to get going, and so our first microservices weren't using the event tracking processors, and and um and that 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 uh had some side effects we weren't expecting because things were a little bit slower. We had a harder time with eventual consistency. We had some different issues that came up, and so we 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 went back and rewrote. <laughs> The services to use the to use the track that was our biggest monumental change i think to the architecture was that we went back and we changed what we had done before to use those 
Um, and it saved us, I think it saved us down the road, but, but, uh, as far as the overall architecture, we just stuck with it. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. So, um, going, uh, into a little bit more, um, team building process, I guess yeah. <laughs> you want to call that. Um, so when you're working from a, a perspective of, okay, we're working with this uh, system, which is a monolith, it's uh, probably an older system. And, and uh, you have your developers who probably uh, have been working on that yeah. system for a long time. And then here comes Andy with all his new ideas and wants to change things around, right? Yeah. How do you convince the team to go along with it? Was there any sort of... Um, point in time where you thought, well, this is not going to happen because there are some people who are really hell bent on doing things a certain way. Uh, yeah, we, we had that. Um, we, from the developers, <laughs> tell me more from, uh, from, uh, from the developers, we, with a lot of it was JSP JavaScript. So one thing was UI changes becoming, we went to angular. So, so developers had to learn Angular. but good thing is developers are excited about learning new things. Usually it's just the pressure to get something done right away it's hard and, and you feel that pressure and it goes back. Well, if I could do this faster, if I just did it this way, the, the old way. Um, and then we had to push back on, why don't we just make a monolith? Cause people would, people would read too. And they say, well, people say you shouldn't go to microservices. You should just build on a monolith that's structured better and then go to monoliths later. I mean, go to microservices later. And, and so we, we had that discussion and, and it was, um, we, we came back at it and said, we won't, we know us. We, we will just build the same old stuff we always build. We, we need to build better habits. And the only way we're going to build better habits is to go through the pain of doing something different. And we, 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 we knew from ourselves that if we went down the road of just building another monolith, even if it was kind of structured better, we would think it was, we would, it, we, we would fall into our old habits of, I get something done now. I'm going to break the rules just this once. And then you're going to break the rules the second time and the third time. So we, we held our ground and said, we're going to build it with microservices, even if the conventional wisdom is not to do that. So we had that kind of pushback. We had pushbacks also um, a lot from, from, at first from the DBAs. You know, we were the corporate development team. And one of our problems, we, I, my, my opinion, was, was that we built systems that was database-centric. It was all database-driven design versus domain-driven design. And so going to this new thing where our state was captured in events and all we were doing was projecting views of things was, was hard to accept. You know, it was hard to, it was a hard thing to accept that you couldn't just go into the database and change something to fix a bug. <laughs> if you want to really fix it, you need to go through the front door. You need to fix, you have to, you have to create a new event to fix it. And, and that was, that was hard to sell. That was originally that was hard to sell, and it it was um it in it 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 worked. I mean, it, eventually we just went through the pain of like, oh, it doesn't work when I change the database that way. I have to go and make a command to do it. But what it did is it made the team start thinking about how to roll back things, how to change things when it happens, how to how to how to really understand your system. And so that was that was another another thing from the dev team that. And then the third thing was the operations was selling operations on, oh, we got to maintain this new architecture out there. Instead of just having one app I deployed, now I got 20 things out there running, you know? Exactly, and, right. And, and how do you manage that? And it was, it was, 
it, again, it was always, hey, this is exciting to try this. And then as soon as you hit a roadblock, is this worth it? Is this going to be worth it? And and we just kept, like I said, I worked with a good team of people. And we we would just work together on getting through those issues. So why don't we just fix the CICD pipeline? Why don't we do things to make operations easier? And by doing that, you know, we, we became a DevOps team. We didn't realize we were doing, we didn't set out to become a DevOps team. We became one because developers learned how operations worked and learned their pain. And operations learned what we were trying to do better. Before we were siloed, we would just throw code over to the operations team and they would deploy it. But by doing it this way, we had a thing, you know, we had to work, we had to understand what each other's job was. We didn't always, I mean, developers weren't doing operations stuff, but they had to understand what operations needed. And we worked, we worked hard to make sure that our code did what, what they needed it to do. And we made sure that, that it could work. And so that was a big transformation part. And it just kind of happened on the side. We didn't set out to do it. It just fighting pain. But it's, but it's the good side effect, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a very good side effect. That's awesome. So, um, and now I have to ask a similar question from the business side of things. Uh, was there a point where the business side came and say, whoa, 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 what are you doing? That was like every day. That was every day. Or was it easier for them in a way? Because then they had to say too, right? Well, it, was, it, it was, it was, it um, was, we had a lot of pushback at first. Um, mm -hmm. It was, it was, again, it was about hard sell. Especially since at first there's not much to see. You know, there wasn't much to see. Well, what are you doing? It's taking so long. And they, and then they, they get reports that, oh, the services are not, they aren't passing their tests or they aren't working right. And then, and then it was like, why don't we just do what we used to do? And to them, to them, the business doesn't care really how you build it. They just want certain attributes. And what, what the turning point was, we did demos and we had a turning point. We did a demo. We finally had a use case where we had like four or five services running with a front end and someone could register and they could do their application. And we went, we went through a demo with the business and and we said, oh look, our our two factor authentication code is alphanumeric. The requirement is supposed to be being numeric. I mean, uh, numbers. Okay, that's a defect. That's a defect. Okay, and then we kept on with the demo. And then while that defect was what was going on, we fixed the defect, and we deployed it while the demo was going. And, and then we took <laughs> it back around, oh and we showed them that it was changed. And then we taught and we proved yeah. to them that we had changed the code in that last ten minutes. And it had deployed and the system had stayed up. That was And they were sold, I'm sure. That was it. That was that was that was it. That was the point where things That's were. amazing. And and our one of our biggest one of our biggest detractors at the time, he became one of our biggest fans because then he would he would go to meetings with the business and, and he'd have to coordinate deploying all the state's applications at one time in a weekend because everything had to be working together. And they asked you, okay, when how long will it take you guys to get deployed? Oh, we can deploy it tomorrow morning, whenever, whatever yeah. you do it. Amazing. You don't have to, so don't have to give him like two months from now. Yeah. <laughs> so he, became, he became like a hero, you know, and, and, and yeah. so, so that, that, that was one of the big selling points for it. Uh, what, what, when the bigger, one of the bigger problems we had selling was eventual consistency. That one, the state, the, the people, the users, the testers, they were so used to having, when they hit submit on a button, they put information and they hit submit, having, the, having to wait. You know, 20, right. 30 seconds right. for a transaction. Well, everything processes, to yeah. And then continue. And what we were doing, they hit submit and they could keep on going. And, and usually when, when things were small, you, the results were there right away because it was so quick. 
But we got also into production, we got issues and saying, hey, users aren't seeing their changes, they're saving it. What's going on? The system's breaking. By the time we went and looked, everything was caught up. What are you talking about? And so we went back and forth like a baseball bat trying to figure out who's talking, who's complaining about what. And it turned out it turned out it was not fast enough. It was it was it was it was fast and it, it was fast, but it wasn't they were still getting complaints that hey, I did this, but I'm not seeing my changes. Oh, refresh your screen. It's not really the refresh didn't do it, but it was, you know, but if you just give it a few seconds, it's there. So they wanted us to put in the artificial delays on stuff, on the pages. And it's like, no, why don't we, why don't we scale the system to make it faster? We'll try that. Yeah. And, and we went back to the action framework. We used the distributed command bus and we used um, the um, event tracking processor. We scaled the query side and the command side and the problems went away. Um, they, and, and we did some smart things in the UI. We would we would do some quick checks. We'd hit an endpoint, make sure the data was there before proceed. We did some simple things, but that getting it getting their head around eventual consistency was a it was was a hard thing for them to understand. Big deal for them, yeah, 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 yeah. So, which is really amazing. And and one of the things that um, always fascinates me about uh, your success stories and um, what you went through and convinced a lot of people to, hey, let's let's go with this new way of doing things. It's really good. Is that you worked with the state, with with a government agency, which a lot of times things takes a long time yeah. to get done. Yeah. And they're not used to changing things drastically. But then you were able to convince them. Yeah. And that's really amazing, in my opinion. <laughs> I think it's, it, it, it was, it's a big win for you all. It, it was a huge win. It was, it was it was a lot of robot. I mean, I don't want to, you know, it wasn't that that they were trying to stop us. It was, it was like you said, it's things move slow. And and like one of, the, one of our biggest things, one of the biggest hurdles, it sounds really silly, was we needed a way to see our logs. And and um, we had we had originally went to when I went to FSSA we we said hey we should, we need some kind of centralized logging platform period we need something and they they we said there's Splunk there's Elastic there's all these tools out there there's Q Radar all these different tools out there pick one let's go we need something and they wouldn't they couldn't make a decision on what what tool to use for years I mean I was there for like two or three two two three years they couldn't make a tool and but when we went to microservices. The problem escalated because we had all these different things running. The logs, you know, things were ephemeral. The logs were shifting, and we needed to be able to see the system. So we just stood up Elastic on our own. It was free. We paid for it. We got our own storage, and we just did it for our, did it ourselves. And then we started building dashboards, and you could see the things moving through the system, you know. And we could see, oh wow, I can see, I can see my events moving through the system. I can see patterns and new things. I can see all this stuff. And and I, that that helped convince them to go buy a central because they oh yeah kind of stuff does. that's awesome and and we went, we never went use anything else we stuck with our elastic stuff but 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 it was it was a to me it's like it's a silly argument to be having and 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 for us we, the good thing about it, we had open source stuff we had free things we could able to a low cost do something try things try out things out yeah. and and get things yeah, moving yeah. and then we could convince them say, hey this is worth buying this is worth doing and we had all these little victories that just added up and so which is really awesome so um which brings me to my next question so obviously you tried axon framework and it was working out uh, for for the purposes that you were uh looking for did you at some point try out axon server as well 
did it work for you if you did did it not we didn't try it out um we didn't uh, we were we were happy with the accent framework and and by the time we got to a point where i wanted to try it out we finished building everything <laughs> and it's so, so it was gonna be a harder sell um where, where i'm looking forward to trying it out is dw um and so i'm laying the groundwork to to um, I've, I've uh, got the team to, you know, register for, uh, I think Steven's webinar is coming up, you know, we're going to go watch it, I think. And we're going to move toward, I think I want to try it out. Um, cause I do think, I do think we had issues that I think maybe that server would have helped us with. Cause one was scaling the tracking processors was kind of a manual process, which is easy to do. It's, it's not hard to do, but it's a pain in the butt to do. And you don't, if I could do it automatically or automatically, that would have just gave me headaches. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to trying it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would be interested in maybe uh, at some point in the future, we'll have another talk about like, so how, how was your experience? How did it work, work out? That, that would be, that would be fun to know. Um, so I understand now you're uh, in a different team and you're sort of uh, preparing your new team into going into microservices uh, as well. Um, are you already there? Are you in the process? And if you're in the process, what are the challenges now? We, we are facing some of the same challenges. We're in the process right now. Mm-hmm. Before I got there, um, they had they, they had um, already built a couple microservices. They were trying to get them deployed. Okay. Um, and the pandemic happened. So you have to start from scratch all over. Right, right. So when the pandemic happened, they um, mm-hmm. they, they had a yeah. they had a bail on it for a while. So when I came back, when I came there in November. Um, they had already written them, and, but they didn't have a place to deploy them yet. So I stood up Kubernetes. Um, I worked with them to stand up Kubernetes um, and then um, got them deployed. And we started working through the CICD stuff. And, and we're still working through It's a different. And we this one, we have to keep the legacy system. It's not a rewrite. The, the legacy system is just massive. It is a massive, massive thing. And so it's going to, have to take a different approach. So we got to take... We, we, the the thing they did was using the Strangler pattern. So they built a microservice and a Strangler, and they they're routing traffic to it. Um, you know, it, it's not 100 yet. So after after this week, it'll be 100 traffic going to the new microservice. So we were able to they were able to get it out there. And at first, it was doing 25 percent of the load. Then it was 50 percent of the load. We're just making sure things are working. The logging's working. We set Elastic again. We got. And and so 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 we're going to get through with that, and then the next step is, um, well, I have a I have a big bucket of epics of services to start building, and so the next step is to get the team acclimated to what is our architecture going to be, which I'm opinionated to be the Axon underneath is going to be the Axon framework. They're all they're all sold on domain driven design, which is good. The new microservice was written using domain driven design, so now it's it's putting something in place to help us do it better. And um, the success with the um, with the uh, with what I had at say helps sell that idea. So that's the next steps right there. Um, what, what, what targets are some of our? And it might, we might be not targeting things that users see at first, but things that are the back end processes. So we're going to try to take a small, have small victories, and start convincing people that we can do this. So yeah, we have. We have and are you doing this system event source as well? Or yeah. I, I, that's my yeah, that's the good. plan. That that is the plan again. Yeah, it's going to be another another uh, uh, um, convincing. Uh, I I think I've got the dev team convinced. It's it's convincing other people because there's there's a there's there's 
there's misconceptions like like oh it's all it's for is logging which is not true you know and and one of the big wins we had at the state was we were able to play back the events and build new projections you know we were able to build reporting after the fact that was still based on the time the event was created which was crazy which, 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 all that metadata flowed around and and you could you could build a report six months later but it captured data that was you could it was like it was happening at the time it happened six months ago you could see it and so and so it's more than just it's more than just for logging purposes the event source and, and it makes it easier to think about the state of your system it's it's easy to it's easier to fix things um i think you know, once you once you learn it, it it makes it easier to fix it. the saga stuff what where 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 the this new job this new project has a lot of batch jobs a lot of batch jobs can get run at night, and we 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 had batch jobs on the old project, and we got away from them by just using sagas and by having triggers and things, just moving through. And we were able to distribute stuff throughout the day in real time when it needed to occur, instead of having something at the end of the day running a big query and say, "Oh, what needs to happen now?" and do it. We were so so. One of the things that's on the target is maybe start by replacing the batch jobs. With with events event driven microservices, because it's not really user facing. They don't. It's not. You know, you're not going to see it so much, and it's a little bit, a little bit safer, and a way to gain traction. So a little bit in the background that you don't have to yeah. exactly. So, right, right, right. so that's that's the plan. Um, in in very Martin interesting. Court, so. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting, Andy. It's it's always really fun to hear your um, adventures and what <laughs> <laughs> you're going through to to gain the trust of the team and everybody in the uh, business line to to say hey this is actually going to work better for us and let's move this way it's it's really nice so we did talk quite a bit about some of the challenges and some of the wins uh but uh to conclude what do you think what would you say the the biggest challenge was for you and the biggest win also um the the biggest the biggest challenge the thing i would do different and, and I hate myself for saying it. Uh, I, we would not have used. <laughs> oh, no, it, was my, it was my idea because it was my idea. Um, I, we had two things. It was my idea. Um, one one was to use MongoDB as our backend for the event storage. We were using it. We wanted to use it for the query side because it's really wicked fast and drive the yeah. frames makes a lot of. We'll just save stuff and it has some flexibility and, 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 yeah. and a lot of flexibility. I said, well, why don't we just use it for our right. storage engine too for the events. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's fast. It works. It works great until things start to scale, and then, and then we had issues with the sagas um, not triggering every time they needed to, and and it was it was because of that choice. And and I I, we we did things to fix and band aid and make it work better. I I I think you know looking back, I would have I would have said event storage should have been Postgres or something else, query cycle. Let's make it let's make it Mongo because it helped us with our screens. I, I wish I looking back, I would have changed that because um, we had a lot of right. I, I had a lot of headaches fighting with it. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah. then and then the other thing was um, I, I don't want to say this because I really like the technology we used uh, J Hipster, um, which is a it's helped us build the microservice architecture because it had all these libraries and stuff that made it real easy to get going. And I really like the tech. I mean. We're looking at it right now to use it, but the thing I, the thing that that, that I struggled with, the team struggled with, is because it was very um, not domain driven, design centric. It was very, you know, database driven design, and I want we wanted to move away from that. 
And, and by introducing that, that I kept having lots of battles with the team. Well, well Jay Hipster, let's just do this right away. And it's like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And, and, and it's not, it's not that it's bad. It was just, it was not what we wanted to do. So we try to leverage both things. So we had the core of our stuff was all axon wrapped around the J hipster microservice infrastructure to give us that, that, that gateway. And stuff. So looking back, I, I, I think I could have looked at other options and going forward, we're going to look at other options, but, but the team is actually looking at the hipster and they're like, Oh, this is really nice. It makes it easy to get going. It's like, yeah, it does, but there's some trade offs. I don't want to be fighting the same fights. And, and so, and so I'm looking at, can we have the best of both worlds or is there other options or something? And, yeah. and then, and then I want to look at accent server and see, you know, is there a better thing to do? Cause I want to be finding a, you know, fighting for storage and what database to use and stuff and and um in this could it be would it be easier just to try something different and and go with that so so Absolutely. yeah I, that's that so our first our first set of microservices we're building is we're gonna be exploring it's gonna be kind of like an architecture kind of like what is it what is our canonical at least and that's the good thing about microservices. It doesn't have to stay canonical. If it doesn't work, you build the next one differently. Exactly. It, it, it's easy to change. You change it. Exactly. Just change it. But, right. Right. Absolutely. But, yeah. but I'm trying to take a stab at it up front. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And it's fantastic. So I, um, I really appreciate you sharing all these stories with me and uh, taking the time to sort of go through the, the history of all these different projects that you've done and, uh, uh, of course, the challenges as well as the you know good side of things, which is which is always really nice to hear. So I appreciate the time, Andy. No, and I can't wait to hear more about this project that you're doing in the future no, and I, to hear more about those yeah. those challenges and also wins. Yeah, right? I'll, I'll definitely keep <laughs> exactly. in touch. I'll let you know. I'll, I'll, I'll let you Absolutely. know. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I hope you have a great rest of the day. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Not a problem. Thank you. My pleasure. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed my talk with Andy. Please tune in next time as I will discover more about Axon Server and how to set it up. Until then, have a great time and happy coding.